that bass drops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're doing the smart thing, staying in, helping us get through this. We're going to try to help you get through this time by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness. Because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Quip and the Gaming Ride Home. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games. And there are many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who... Pulls bee stingers out of tongues, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Yes, my daughter got stung by a bee on her tongue. We pulled the stinger out. She's doing well. Um, Also, as you are listening to this, most likely, dear audience, um, uh, it's not a happy, I don't want to say happy Memorial Day, but to the families and loved ones who um, had a family member or friend or loved one uh, make the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country. Thank you for that. And I know Memorial Day is often thought of as barbecues and people not socially distancing um, this year. But uh, my heartfelt thanks to your families for that sacrifice. And we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing here today if it wasn't for what they did. And hopefully we're bringing a little joy to your life in this trying time on this weird Memorial Day 2020. Yeah. Second all that. Um yeah, I love how you're like, it's uh, it's real serious and it's real dour. And I hope that uh, we're bringing joy to you because joy is the only thing that I want you to feel right now in this joyful <laughs> Memorial Day is a weird one. I feel like happy <laughs> Memorial Day. And that's not the right tone for it. But also, yeah. I, I hope that we are, you know, helping. Like, you know, I don't want to spoil Saving Private Ryan for anybody, but make it worth it. You know, that's. Yeah. And yes. No, I know uh, we're thank talking you to games, all of our veterans. I'm sure there are lots of veterans listening uh, and, and yes, we appreciate it. And, you know, it's a, it's a great time to stay in and play video games. That's for sure. As we continue, uh, our, you know, global journey through this and we can talk about those video games and we can be excited about those video games and we can be doubly excited because we have an awesome guest to do that with this week. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for dramedies leagues and conventions because you know her from good game from hosting numerous esports from blizzcon from so much more none other other than michelle morrow is back with us again hey michelle hey guys what's going on i'm so glad to be here I have a new computer and a new microphone set up so apologies to your guests from the past who you know i i'm here to make it up to all of you well, you don't have to feel that way. I know Michelle reached out to me and uh, was was mortified last time we had her mortified. on because she had audio issues and uh, I it was more my fault than anything else. And I was, was unable it was your to. Fault. I'll, I'll accept that. It's completely Jeff's fault, guys. Blame him. You know what? I'll do anything. I'll do anything to get a guest to come back, especially you. So I, I I'm so glad you're you're back with us and we get to chat with you again. I'm happy to be here, guys. All right. Well, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. 
story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com or by checking out the old Discord. Hey, Christian, guess who joined the Discord this week? I saw I saw people saying hi to you in there, hanging out. Uh, I didn't see a lot of me, engagement uh, from you, but I saw you joining. It only took me seven years to join the Discord on our own show. Uh, the Discord wasn't live for seven years, and shout out to the community, because neither you nor I created the Discord. So. No, no, we did not. <laughs> but I am grateful for the Discord. I am grateful for uh, the folks and the community in the Discord, and I will be there much more frequently. Um, so uh, apologies for not for being late to the party on that Discord, but it's a cool party. And we're talking about your folks. sweet new mic in the Discord this week, buddy. You sound so smooth. Michelle sounds great. You sound great. I sound all, the same. <laughs> well, Michelle, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? This is what I find really interesting. That Fortnite is playing full movies inside of the game. Yes. <laughs> that they're... That they, that, you know, they had like some exclusives. They had a clip from, I think it was Rise of the Skywalker. They had a scene from that, right? Played, yeah, which is pretty cool. But um, you know, to play a whole movie, there's going to be a Christopher Nolan movie that will be played, yeah. and um, I, I don't think they've said which one. Um, right. Some people are saying Inception. Um, I don't know Dunkirk potentially. Um, I mean, obviously, it can't be rated R because um, you know the the audience is fairly younger in their game. But uh, I, I I think it's fascinating that they're that they're going that route and just sort of expanding beyond you know just playing the video game and using your avatars that people have spent so much money on um, to sort of be able to go into a, a different area with it and and watch a movie together. I think it's I, I just think it's phenomenal, really. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we've talked about the Fortnite um, music concerts that have been happening periodically and that were a huge success. I and as you, you mentioned, say the Fortnite musical, and I was like, wait, I missed oh, it. Fortnite musical. Yeah. Okay, but now that's and a whole new thing now. now I want that now. <laughs> <laughs> I got to build. I got to build up, up, up. I got to build. I got to build up, up, up. I was sniped. I was fishing and I was sniped. <laughs> pretty good man it's pretty good we got to put that in, pr- in production um but yeah we the the uh the concerts have been a, a smashing success with millions and millions of people checking them out and as you said uh, michelle the uh the rise of the skywalker the canonical scene that explains uh how palpatine came back uh, is a pretty big deal and now we got uh the trailer for tenet the new uh christopher nolan upcoming movie playing oh, periodically theaters premiering premiering in Fortnite, and i guess to bolster that connection to christopher nolan's oeuvre we're gonna have uh one of his movies play full length so i guess if you had told me however many years ago it was that Fortnite was released that Fortnite would be the ready player one future where everything yeah. happens i would have laughed but i guess yeah. uh Fortnite's having the last laugh do you and clearly, Michelle, we are in this bizarre future where we can't go to movie theaters right now. Yeah. Um, do you think there's going to be a whole generation of people that will embrace this in a way that makes going to movies seem sort of, uh, you know, old, old for old people? And that what we really want to do is go in video games and, and do these kinds of social activities? I mean, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily a comp- a comparable. I, I mean, I think people will always want to sort of 
have different ways to experience film. Um, you know, it's just an extension of what we can do. My birthday was the first day of this whole like Los Angeles lockdown, which was March oh, 19th. And it's my husband and I shared the birthday. So we were like, what are we going to let what your are husband we have do? his own birthday? Why does I he know, have- right? I had to come along, get born two years later and steal it from him. So mad. <laughs> but we're like, what are we going to do? So um, there was this app called Netflix Party that we used. And I, I couldn't recommend it enough to everybody. Um, but, you know, it's a little Chrome extension that you put in. And um, whoever owns the Netflix account um, can then share a link to everyone else who has Netflix accounts and it syncs everything at the same time. So the movie will play at the same time for everyone. There's a little chat window. It was so much fun. We watched the worst movie of all time. I can't even remember what it was called. It was with uh, Aquaman and, and Jim Carrey was in it. Oh my God. Uh, the, the Bad Batch. That's what it was. The Bad oh. Batch. It's terrible. But we had <laughs> so much fun watching the movie that way. And I had never really experienced something quite like that. I mean, we've watched movies at friends' house with friends and, you know, I've been to drive-in theaters even like a long time ago, but like, and I've gone to the regular movie theaters, but this was, this was really cool. And now there's even a, a Twitch extension that does it for Amazon Prime. So if everybody has Amazon Prime and you're in Twitch, um, the person hosting can play movies at the exact same time too. So I think it's just sort of another way to watch movies and experience them together. It's awesome that we have the technology. I, I like seeing it in a video game. I think it's crazy that it's happening, but yeah, I, I love that perspective because I've been framing it in my head as, as it sort of replacing something. But I think, I think that perspective of it being a different viewing experience, another viewing experience that just hasn't really been possible before the internet and now mm-hmm. is, um, I think that's fascinating. And I, and maybe it seems less to me, um, uh, you know, a sign of uh, this crazy paradigm shift rather than it's, Hey, this is a really cool new way. As you said, new way to experience films. I, I, yeah. I think that's a really cool way to look at it. I, I love that. I mean, um, I mean, think about it. Like uh, people, there are still drive drive-in theaters still exist. And I actually had a friend's go recently during this whole lockdown thing, went to a drive-in movie theater and all were in their own cars and watching a movie together. And here we thought like drive-in movies were dead uh, entirely. Uh, But I was like, man, I wonder if we'll start to see kind of a resurgence of even ones that are older. We used to even go to the, um, I don't know if you guys have been to that Hollywood Forever cemetery the uh, synespia here in los angeles and for those that don't know that don't live in la there's a big graveyard here where they do screenings um you don't lay on the dead people don't worry there's like a whole area you're just dead people adjacent is what it is (laughs) yeah it's dead adjacent and you you know you lay your picnic dead adjacent and you watch you know different movies like beetlejuice and stand by me and stuff and so um it's, it's pretty cool. Um, so I think that there's going to be, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of different ways that we're sort of reimagining activities that we were used to for before social distancing kind of became a thing. Cause you can't really do that anymore in the graveyard, at least not for now. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I, I love this. I think it's, I think it's great. Like it actually makes me want to play Fortnite again. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, Christian, I'm, I'm curious, you know, Christopher Nolan is sort of the poster child has made himself the poster child for the theatrical experience. You know, he's embraced IMAX uh, extensively and shooting on film and not moving into digital film production. 
and really advocating for that big screen destination experience. And here he is, uh, I would assume he had to sign off on all of this, uh, debuting a trailer for Tenet inside Fortnite, showing one of his films inside Fortnite. I find that to be a kind of an odd juxtaposition of those, of those two positions. What do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, if you're asking me if I think this counts as my, one of my predictions coming true. Yes, I do. I think that this counts as me saying that Fortnite would premiere the Fortnite movie and Fortnite, like this is close enough that this counts as me, uh, getting one right. So nailed it. Uh, We'll find out at the end of the year, I guess. If that was the question. Um, I, I mean, I think that I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of the deal and what he did or did not have to sign off on. But I also think it's people waking up to or realizing the power of ways to get things in front of people. You know, I still remember the first time my family, we were like buying clothes online, you know, because <laughs> I'm old right. enough. Yeah. I feel like this probably won't catch on because I want to I want to feel my clothes like this. This won't be a thing. I remember I have to put my credit card number into a website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember ads on Facebook and people being like there being articles about that. Like, oh, this feels weird. This is why people come to Facebook. It's not going to do well. Like and, and you know, companies are looking for places to get eyeballs on things. And so I think an older film in Fortnite, I think there's only upside to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as if I can't watch it on a small screen right now. I don't know what, what of his movies are available on my phone or not, but if I could rent it on iTunes or Amazon and watch it on my phone, you know, Christopher Nolan's not controlling that, right. It's out of theaters now. No, but he's been vocal in opposition to that concept. Well, like premiering movies, I think he believes in the big screen experience, but I think he's also aware of, you know, people watching things after that, (laughs) you know, like how that continues. And I think this is a, 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 Along the continuum, but different, like Eli Manning, the now retired football player, joined Twitter recently. And I think it's like his eighth tweet of all, like ever, is like, uh, today was all about charity and fun on the golf course. And then he tags an ad. Like, this ad and I got into the spirit as well. Happy to work together with them on this thing, ad. And it's like, you know, people get into it. <laughs> you adopt social media very quickly and you're like, sweet ads, 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 ads. And I don't think that's what Noel's doing, but it's well, getting his film in front of a, a different audience and, and making them fans. I mean, it is kind of an ad, right? It's sort of an ad for himself in a way. Exactly. It doesn't, well, the trailer's an ad. The trailer's an ad for sure. Straight up ad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. He did you know. Batman, right? Like, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it goes right into that core sort of nerd audience you know and a lot of great times, batman like, skins for the game too that's true synergy, well, there you go. synergy. oh wow hmm. my question for you guys it. both i'd love to know if you think this would have happened without quarantine land world you know do you, yes. michelle do you think this was going to happen anyway or do you think this is the kind of thing that only happened because there's you know these marketing teams are scrambling for ways to get things in front of people i think it was inevitable like for yeah. sure, especially when you see stuff like, you know, League of Legends has done so many huge brand advertise, you know, brand things. Like I think they even had, wasn't there like a whole ad that they did basically with Louis Vuitton where the um, the trophy was on a Louis Vuitton trunk or something like that. Um, they had a big, um, 
or, or Chanel, one of them, they had a big ad um, brand activation as, as a lot, a lot of gaming companies like to call it, which is essentially just an advertisement. And, um, you know, with so many people playing games, it was inevitable. Um, You know, I know Christian is the um, Nostradamus here, but I, I really, I really do believe this was sort of destined to happen. I think this though did speed it up to kind of go, oh, crap, when my movie's coming out, what are we going to do? Well, yeah. the least we can do is make people fans. Like, I mean, because even if Tenet is not a movie that some of those kids might see, I, I don't really know what the, um, you know, the appetite for that is. At the at very least, he's going to get headlines for doing that, you know, yeah, like, period. Right. I mean, we all know about for it. Sure. E- even if you don't play Fortnite, everybody's picking that story up to go, oh, whoa, the innovation. Yeah, yeah. It's know? new. Yeah. 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 My favorite thing about that was when uh, Christian said, thank you. And then Michelle then proceeded to say, yeah, but it was obvious to anybody. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating to see. And I think this is, you know, as we said with the, the concerts and stuff, I think this is really the beginning of this stuff, not, not the height of this stuff. You know, this is, they're just testing the waters and this could very well be in the next two to three years, this could very well be a very common thing with a lot of games where, oh, that's right, you know, ma- concert. Oh my God. Yeah. There, uh, there could right. be all kinds of stuff like this uh, in video games. And I, I do feel like you, you read ready player one and you have this, this description of it being people's, you know, second life, so to speak. And I think that that can kind of be the kind of thing where you log into Fortnite and other games, not, to play Fortnite, but to do all these other ancillary activities that are just social and communal and, and, you know, and, and the game is bigger than the game. And well, I, think I think we've seen that forever really in, in MMO, MMORPGs, like, you know, World right. of Warcraft really showed that to you, you know, like yeah. that there were people who were able to just have full on social experiences, not playing the game at all. I mean, I can tell you because my guild was a bunch of people who were not raiding and not going and getting their trade leveled up they were just socializing <laughs> yeah yeah but you know it it works so yeah it's it's fascinating i just i guess i i just personally did not see it in a either you know in any kind of fps game or any kind right. of battle royale game i guess my brain just didn't imagine it there but i i see it now i mean they obviously created like movie theater experience in it and it, it takes the developers to kind of create that extra area where an mmo rpg you can sort of go to an area and create right. something you know, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And kudos to Epic for like, you know, embracing this and, and really innovating in that space. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Even the concert with that Travis Scott, I, I'm not even a fan of him, but I was like, this is brilliant. Like yeah. bottom line, this is so cool. Totally. Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Oh man, what are we doing? Um, do you guys see that Unreal 5 demo? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm still thinking about it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll be honest, to me, that still is the biggest story. I want to see them games. Um, uh, to me, I think the biggest story, and I'm going to use this Mafia Definitive Edition as coming out that was released. Mafia started teasing it up, uh, like family is everything and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then it got released that they're doing the Definitive Edition. And it is Jeff, I think. And I like bringing this up from time to time, especially as we get ready for a new generation. This feels like the remake you like. Am, yeah. I, am I am I right? Like this is closer to a remake and not a coat of paint. 
Well, it's both, right? Because they're doing the Mafia Trilogy Definitive right. Editions, and the second two games, two and three, uh, are getting the coat of paint. Right. And the first, and the, and actually, those are out already. Those, right. those in are fact, out, yeah, yeah. What, the coolest thing about that is I own both of those on Steam, and they automatically updated. Like, yes. I didn't have to rebuy the Definitive Edition versions. They just updated to being the definitive edition which i think is very nice very consumer friendly smart delivery or something if i were to come up with a name for that that's what i'd call it <laughs> right uh, but you're right the f- the first game the original mafia game uh the 2k hangar 13 mafia game uh is getting that cool final fantasy 7 resident evil 2 style complete ground up new engine remake which is yes very much what i like yeah, I think it's interesting because I think that first game did a lot right. And I'm very curious how it's changed and adapted because it was, if I remember it correctly, which I will be honest, it was, it's an old game, but it was slower than maybe what people were expecting when it first yes, came very, out. And it was like all, very story based. And there's a weird gate at the beginning where you have to win this race that it's is like a very hard. Ford A Model A or something. Yeah, (laughs) like it, like like in the first hour of the game, you have to win this race, and it's really hard. It's like you can't (laughs) progress in the game unless you win this race. And I remember that being this massive, uh, speed bump or uh, yeah, literal bottleneck. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like they had a few moments like that. But as I worked past them, if my memory serves me, like I found it very engaging and very compelling. I think people were expecting it. Was it Grand Theft Auto? San Andreas 4, I forget the GTA that was out around the same time as the first Mafia. And it, it's not that. It, it isn't that game. Like, it has an open world, uh, but it is slower, more narrative-based than what GTA had become. And I'm excited to see what they can do with it with this kind of remaking, rethinking to address those, you know, bottlenecks. But I still really like the idea of a kind of true, you know, air quote, true, more grounded Mafia old-timey New York setting style game, I think still, still sounds very appealing. And if the, the way we can get it is by remaking Ma- the first Mafia, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Are they changing Michelle, the story? You... Say again? Are they changing the story at all? Like, Because I, I, I said, I read that it was going to be, it said fully remade. And then it said also with new graphics, blah, blah, blah. So a new voice of our actors. But does that mean they're also rewriting some of it or changing it like in a way that like say god of war completely revamped its franchise i think it's going to be more like re2 the more recent resident evil 2 where that had new characters playing new actors playing the same characters and they re-recorded lines because it's remaking the game my understanding is the general narrative will be the same but it will be you know like the arc start and beginning Mm -hmm. kind of thing but i think there's going to it's going to probably be a whole new script just kind of telling a that story again. Well, yeah, you know what Resident Evil, or excuse me, uh, Final Fantasy VII did is it took the blueprint of the story and then fleshed out characters that maybe were underwritten in the original and did things. So there's, we don't really know exactly as yeah. you said, Michelle. <laughs> that it says you know new voice acting, new tech, new whole new mechanics, new you know all all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm imagining it's more like Final Fantasy VII remake where. Which, by the way, is, you know, the first part of the original game and it's going to be episodic <laughs> and it's like, you know, compl- there are whole sections in the remake that weren't in the first game. And so I suspect it'll, it, it may be more on along those lines where they're actually, yeah, adding 
whole new things or taking that stuff out or telling the story, the same story, but in a maybe more refined, you know, going back and editing the, f- the first game way. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I think it sounds cool. Like I'm surprised and maybe it is. It's kind of like we haven't, there are some, but there aren't a lot of world war one games and maybe it's because the munitions and stuff don't make for super fun gameplay. And there have certainly been, that Mafia 1 time-setting games, but there haven't been as many as other eras. And I'm kind of surprised why not. Like why, aside from licensing, there aren't more Dick Tracy something or other. Like that genre of game, I think is a a fun, like how Jeff loves the 1930s. Love Um, the 1930s. (laughs) I think this setting (laughs) is also very interesting for, you know, Mafia, Scorsese style, Mm -hmm. you know, film as a game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm... uh... I, I want more of these kinds of full remakes. I think there are a lot of wonderful game experiences that, you know, the video game industry has matured enough that we can go back and mine those things. I, obviously it's an observation that's <laughs> obvious to everyone because it's happening, but I, I I want it to happen more. I think, you know, the, the top tier sort of Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, you know, these marquee franchises over multiple decades. But I think there is, you know, this second and third tier. I wouldn't put Mafia as a sort of, you know, marquee top tier franchise in the same breath as Final Fantasy and Resident Evil. But no, I do. Halo, uh, like Last <laughs> of Us, Uncharted, Mafia, Sonic. Top five? Sonic. <laughs> yeah, Sonic. You're right. No, you're 3D right. That's Sonic. The, de- 3D the, Sonic. De- the definitive list. Uh, Sonic Adventures Two, if I'm being specific. The definitive edition. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, I think there are some. There's some great writing. There's some great. As we transitioned into story based games in in the history of video games, I think there's some wonderful standout stuff that is a little bit held back by its technology and. Updating the technology will let it shine again. I think that's great. I love it. I think that the the story too, like the tone of of mafia and just like what mafia is, um, you know, like crime families and stuff. I think that's something that potentially people understand a little bit more. And I think that's something that's sort of in politics right now too. Something people <laughs> yeah. can sort of you know attach yeah. to and understand. So maybe that's also just sort of a, a subject matter that will resonate a little more with people now. Yeah, for sure. All right, my story of the week. I'm going to go with this uh, this Minecraft city that was released after nine years of work. Uh, we this, built this city. They built the city on Minecraft bricks. They certainly <laughs> did. Uh, started in 2011, and it's still being worked on. It is still in quote-unquote beta, so this is not a full release. But uh, there's a new update set to be released on May 31st, and they released a a trailer for this. It's called Greenfield. It's a city created inside Minecraft. Evidently, over 400 people have contributed to this. It's maintained by a core group of 10 folks, but uh, as many as 400 were contributing to its construction. And it is uh, as close to a scale model city as you'll ever see it is it's got at least the section that's been completed is very much an industrial district with shipping and cargo and there's uh mass transit trains and buildings and cranes and all kinds of it is extraordinary extraordinary it says the city was built uh, using a one-to-one scale with one block equaling one cubic meter and it takes up 20 million 
Minecraft blocks, but it's also only 20% complete of the grand vision of Greenfield that they want to, uh, to complete, to, uh, to manifest here. And evidently you can actually take a tour inside the city yourself on the 26th. So if you're listening to this before the 26th or on the 26th, uh, they're having an open server event where you can walk around in it, I guess. Uh, but I just love stuff like this. I'm such a fan of little diorama worlds. I'm a fan of Lego. And basically it's kind of wild to think of Minecraft as a shared Lego project or, you know, this, this is, you see people do these incredible physical, you know, Lego brick constructions, but because it's in a virtual space, because it's a game and everybody can log into the server, they can have up to 400 people all around the world, all contributing the, the scale and complexity can get off the charts. It's wild. Michelle, did you get a chance to look at this? I did. It's so cool. Like it's so expansive and vast. I, I was really impressed with how much work has gone into it. I mean, and they said it's only 20% done. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's wild. It said it opened on the 26th, but like what you were saying, I I think I'm going to go check it out. I don't, I don't play a lot of Minecraft anymore. I personally like playing Minecraft best with other people. We've, when we like have like a shared server and we have like a little town and everybody kind of keeps expanding. And when you log in, there's something new to look at. I love that. That's what fuels me about, about Minecraft specifically, but Mm -hmm. to see it on such a grand scale. um, I know some people just like to kind of do their own thing in the game, but I don't know to see it on this big of a scale and this many people sort of collaborating on it. I'd love to just go dip in there and check it out. It's very cool. It is so, so cool. And I think the, I'd love to get like a little, uh, you know, behind the scenes or or a little documentary on the making of this thing. Cause I think the planning alone Especially if you allow 400 people to contribute, you can't just let people go crazy and be like, oh, I want to build a building here because it's Mm -hmm. all set up. I mean, there, like I said, there's a, you know, a rail system connecting different areas and it must have been like real city planning, right? They must have said, okay, here's a district, which is probably why they said there's, it's only 20% complete because they have this plotted out of what this huge Greenfield metropolis is going to be like. Why did they call it Greenfield? I don't know. That's a good question. Let's just like, I want to know everything about it. I want to know if they planned it. Did they get graph paper out? How did they do this? Like, (laughs) yes, everything. I'm making a 10 part documentary about it for ESPN. Um, Yeah. It's going to be, it's called the last mile and it's about building the last mile. (laughs) Nice. Uh, did you did you check it out, Christian? Did you see this thing? Oh yes, 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 yes. I I my uh, daughters were walking. I was like closing it immediately because the way we play Minecraft, and by we I mean mostly me with them telling me what to do. Like I can't. You know what I mean? Like I need to be their hero for a few more years. <laughs> yeah. You never. Yeah. Make sure they don't realize what's possible when uh-huh. Daddy's like, "Look, I made a, a a hill. It's got a tree on it." I told him I taught him how to really use a slip and slide this weekend. So I, I'm I'm at the top, and if I let nice. him see that, they would have been like, like "There's that. a reason why I love uh, animal talking too." Gary's show is fantastic. Yeah. There's a reason why I haven't shown them that yet, also because our island is a wasteland. <laughs> You're also evidently teaching your daughters to lick bees. Which no, you know- dude, that bee that bee flew into my daughter's mouth because she's so sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that poor thing. <laughs> Oh. I'm glad she's all right, but You're I am perfect chuckling. end to a wonderful Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's uh, let's talk about the games we've been playing because there's a ton to talk about. So many games uh, right now, and I'm excited to to talk about all of them. But first, I want to thank our first sponsor, which is Quip, my toothbrush. It's weird to be as enthusiastic about a toothbrush as I am, but I am seriously so enthusiastic about my toothbrush. I love my Quip. I really do. I've said before on the show, we are a three Quip family. My wife has one. I have one. My son has one. As soon as my daughter gets a little bit older, she'll have one. I'm sold on the Quip. They have special little ones for, for kids too with a smaller brush head. It's great. My son uses it. What's so special about Quip? Well, there are two things. The first is, did you know that 75% of us, I'm talking to you, dear listener, look to your left, look to your right, three out of four people you're looking at, I don't know, that that didn't work. But anyway, 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective. Oh my gosh, that describes me to a T before I got my quip because I would use a toothbrush until it was basically a flat, matted, horrible piece of plastic that just was, why? Why? I would still put it in my mouth and and move it around and it did nothing. But the, the quip is a subscription where you get a new brush head Every three months, as is dentist recommended, it's so slick. It comes in a cool little package. It's got an extra new battery. It's got new toothpaste. It's got the little brush head. You just pop it off. It even has a cool instructions. It's like, hey, use the old brush head to clean the spot where you attach it if there's any gunkus in there. So, so clever. But that's not even my favorite part. I do love that part. But my favorite part is the 30-second pulses when I turn it on. It's got this perfectly tuned, gentle sonic vibration to, uh, you know, clean my teeth. But then it goes every 30 seconds, it pulses. And after two minutes, it turns itself off. So that means I am always doing the dentist recommended two minute brush cycle, which I probably never did until I had a quip. I probably just got bored 45 seconds in and was out and not doing a good job at all. But now I am confident in the fact I can just let my mind wander and it's taking care of it. It's, it is remembering when it's time to stop and I can just go until it turns itself off. It's pretty great. So you got to get yourself a quip. It's pretty great. If you go to getquip.com slash DLC right now, you can get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash DLC. That's spelled G E T Q U I P.com slash dlc quip the good habits company yeah i want to check it out now <laughs> yeah, you should. I'm actually i feel excited about it <laughs> oh you, i'm I, i'm not quip. just saying that i legitimately love it i legitimately do can i drop yeah. this hot info in before the hot beat drops uh, yes. lion in the chat in it if something is built from scratch without having to take the existing infrastructure into account it's called greenfield the city may be called that oh. because of the same reasons. Hey, oh. the knowledge in the chat room. Thanks, mm-hmm. chat room. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right, time to talk about the games that we have been playing. And I am so excited to talk to you, Michelle, because you have access to that sweet, sweet new Shadowlands Alpha yeah. for WoW. I do. I had to tweet about it. And so guys, <laughs> <hello>. <laughs> I am uh, so excited awesome. for the new expansion. Oh my God. 
Guys, it's awesome. And um, I haven't, I'll be honest, I'll be like very candid here. Um, I haven't really been super excited about WoW in the last couple expansions. Um, it's, I mean, I love WoW. So, you know, it always kind of hits that nostalgic place in my heart, but I just kind of didn't really love the story necessarily. And um, I'm really excited about Shadowlands. I think that they're taking it in the exact right way since they kind of screwed up with putting Sylvanas where she's at. I think that this is the best possible way they they can move forward with the storyline. But it reminds me of playing like Ice Crown. It it, it reminds me of that kind of era where you felt like the quests mattered. And um, yeah, I I like it. I'm excited. (laughs) So So, I haven't played tons and tons, but I where I'm at, you know, I've only done like three levels so far. I, I love it. So I know that there's so much uh, in this expansion, especially, and, and you've talked a little bit about the the storyline, which is very exciting to me too, mm-hmm. but I, I'm so interested to find out about all these like quality of life improvements. You know, there's updates to the map and all these, mm-hmm. uh, is, is that part of what you're excited about or is, is it really the story that's gotten you back in? No, I'm excited about a lot of it. I, you know, I think, I think there was something about Warcraft that sort of was taken away. And I think it was sort of the, in the last couple expansions, I felt like the work that you put into the game didn't really matter. Um, I felt like everything was kind of grouped together and quests were kind of put together in a way that didn't make you feel like I, at least for me, it didn't make me feel like I wanted to continue playing. Like I, I didn't really care about the purpose. And I think because Mm. the story is so good, it does lend you to lean (laughs) lends to that. Um, But, you know, there are the improvements as well. I mean, there's still, it's still in the works. It's an alpha. So, you know, there's like temp voice and, you know, temp um, cinematic and, you know, temp cutscene and all of that. So it's hard to tell some of it. Um, When I was playing on Friday, the server uh, kept crashing. So it was hard to kind of get through it. You know, it's an alpha. So that happens. But from what I see, I'm really looking forward to it and I'll play full on and, and I plan to raid again. Yeah. Oh man. I'm so excited to get pulled back in as oh, I do yeah. every expansion. Uh, and I'm excited. It's good. You'll, you'll love it. You should get, you should get in the alpha guys, get in the alpha. I, I w- yeah. I would love to be in the alpha. I, I have a hard time getting in, to stuff like this where it's like all my work's going to get wiped we you know all my all the time is yeah. going to get wiped when i when it goes live you know i don't know get a bidet um, less wiping <laughs> just <laughs> nice very cute. keeping it keeping it classy but I, will um, this. I, I mean i have been playing warcraft that's kind of an old standby for me and it's nice to revisit it but i will tell you a game that i'm playing for the first time is final fantasy 7 i have oh. not so when that game came out that was in when i was in college and um, I had a boyfriend in college who'd play it, but, you know, I basically watched him play it or I played some of it. But by the time, you know, I didn't really get to play it a lot on my own. And it was like over 20 years ago or something that this game was out. Yeah. So playing it now, I never really got to know the characters in the way that some of my friends know the characters. Some of my friends are so obsessed with Final Fantasy that I, I just have never, I was never an anime person. So it just, it never drew me in. I was never excited. It didn't, I just didn't get it. 
I still don't get it. I still don't get it. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I laugh so hard when I'm playing. My husband and I have such a good time. He's now watching me play How the Tables Have Turned. Um, and I think Cloud is hilarious. He's such a little emo brat. Oh, he is. Um, I mean, I've seen him before. I mean, it's not like I have no idea who these characters are. I do know them from other games, but it's just funny to see it um, now. And it's it's funny that anytime like Tifa comes on screen because like her tits lead, you know, it's like her boobs <laughs> just come in and, and you'll see like her mouth talking, but it's just like her nose and below and her, her boobs yeah. just like heaving. So I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this was made for a very specific, you know preteen boy yeah yeah no he he (laughs) mopes around and is moody and kind of off-putting to everybody and yet every girl like throws themselves at him it is so such complete nonsense the 90s do you remember my so-called life do you remember jared leto Um, leaning against the locker yes uh jordan catalano is his name Uh and i had every single one of them recorded on vhs VHS. Uh uh-huh yeah, you get it then. That, that's so, what Cloud yes. is. Cloud is the Jordan Catalano of... Uh... But I had to record myself, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to push play and record buttons at the same time in order to and record had to, like, them. put a big sticker on it that says, do not tape over, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Important, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like my spirit beast. Yeah, of course. But yeah, the 90s, it, it just... I don't know. I just that um, because I was never an anime person, I I never got super drawn into the Final Fantasies. I think I played like part of eight as well, um, but I just never got really into it. So it's been it's been really fun and delightful to play it because yeah, it makes me laugh. Like it just it's just funny. It's just a funny game. I'm the same way. <laughs> I I was never an anime person. I uh, you know there are animes that are undeniably incredible, um, but I I was never one of those sort of deep dive anime people. And when I was, you know, my formative years playing video games, I was much more into the Western RPG, the Tolkien-esque, you know, that those kinds of characters. And I, I played the, the final fantasies. I, I played Grandia. I played, you know, all that stuff, you know, uh, skies of Arcadia, all those games. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for, but I never had the obsession that you see with people with yes. the Final Fantasy series. And I, to- so I totally relate to what you're saying. It's way. like a full on obsession. Like it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, I remember when um, there were, I think when the, the trailer for the remake was released, I, one of my girlfriends was crying, crying <laughs> tears. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I felt like that was Sylvanas. I mean, calm down. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it, it made me go, gosh, I really need to invest in playing this and not just kind of be to, to know about it, to know the story about it, to like know who these characters are, to really play it. Um, yeah. And that's been great. I love it. It came out that's at cool. just the right time. Awesome. Um, and you're playing a little uh, Animal Crossing as well. Um, do you mean the game I'm actually playing right now as well? <laughs> yeah. You're playing as we're talking right now? Yeah, uh, I oh. love Animal Crossing. I always have, um, but <laughs> it's just such a great little time waster, and it's so funny, and people get people get so obsessed and into it, like me. And um, yeah, I've had a great time with my island. I think what Gary Witta's doing is fantastic with Animal Talking. Um, yeah. I just like to see how how much the community embraces it. I love when games sort of become part of this like cultural zeitgeist and, you know, where everybody, even mainstreamers, people who aren't normal video game, you know, connoisseurs are, are super into it and getting in like the stock market and, 
you know, I, I know that I've been pretty obsessed with the turnip trade. I don't know about you guys, but that's been my, my jam for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does seem to have been this touchstone, as you said, the, the confluence of everybody having to be home, needing a, a, a way to invest in a virtual world that we can all be part of that you can inv- invite friends into and also is positive and kind of makes you feel good and you you can accomplish yeah. things and go d- be in the outdoors even if it's virtual and cartoonish uh, yeah. it just feels like the perfect game for this very imperfect time agreed it's it's awesome <laughs> do you guys yeah. both play it I don't, but Christian does. Christian, you you play. With, you're still playing with your daughters. We are still playing. We're marching along. I'm trying to think. Oh, we did the stamp collection uh, this week. That was a big accomplishment for my daughter. She was very proud of getting those plaques. That then she immediately put out into our dump site. I don't know what else to call it outside of her house, where she puts everything just on the lawn, just on the lawn. She's she's very proud of it, and it drives me. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> just watch. You're going to end up with a five-star rating just from her doing that. You should be very grateful. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like the only one, so we'll get the five-star. Um, I love that game. I love it. I love it so much. And I do. I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Jeff um, and Michelle. I think it's just it's a slice of the world we can control. And especially right now with like an, an unseen and invisible you know, menace out there. Some sort Animal of phantom con- menace? Is that what you're saying? Oh, dude. Wow. Good. <laughs> Good poster for that movie. <laughs> uh, and happy 40th to Empire. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I really get it. I, I Everything about that game makes a lot of sense. The chat was yelling at us during Story of the Week that we didn't mention NPDs and how it's, you know, all, everything. Um, but it is... Yeah, the, it I, was, is the, I almost put the NPDs in there, but it, it's like, yeah, 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 Animal Crossing and Call of Duty, that's that's the whole story. Right Animal there. Crossing it is this would have been a big game for Nintendo regardless, um, but in the time in which it came out, it's even better. It, yeah, it makes Nintendo a lot of was sense. Like, we'll just create the coronavirus, and then we'll <laughs> game on our hands like no big deal. Nintendo, we want to we want to do the most wholesome, adorable games, and unfortunately, we need to wreak havoc on the world in order to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of notes for Nintendo. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot like this Dodo, the Dodo prompt thing I can't handle. Um, you know, there's definitely, I know it's a kid's game and, but, and I have to remind myself that cause I don't have kids like you're playing with your daughter. So I'm sure it like relaxes you a little bit for me. I'm just like, why can't I craft more than, you know, one thing at one time? Why can't I, you know, stack more in my inventory? Like there's a lot. I wish that they would that they would change. Yeah. And the same, every time you catch a bass, the same, you know, it's like, yes, there's a lot of those limitations, but also I think at least for me, I can say that I think we're experiencing those more because of it being this touchstone game that we're all playing so much of right now, where it's like, you just play a little bit from time to time. It doesn't seem as frustrating, but it's like, this is all I have Nintendo. (laughs) 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 Definitely. All right, so finally, you got to tell me about Pony Island. Oh my gosh, what a great game. Um, I got it on Steam. My friend Jesse Cox was like, you have to play this game. Because I, long story, whatever. He's like, you have to play this game. So uh, I think it it was maybe four years ago or so that it came out. Um, yeah, January 4th, 2016, according to Steam. Guys, this game is so cool. I think it'll cost you five bucks. 
Yeah. So worth it. It um, You play, basically you're going up to this like retro arcade cabinet and you're playing Pony Island, which is just like this little pony running around and it's nothing. It's just like a side scroller kind of thing. Um, and then very quickly the game changes and um, it, <laughs> and you get contacted by a soul that's trapped inside of the game from a player before who was trapped by a demon who lives inside of the game. So <laughs> the player is trying to get you to help them escape and also help you evade the demon and all of the traps that is, it has set for you. So you are kind of going into the game and changing like the code files and stuff. It's, um, it's really, it's really special. It's a very unique game. I I'm very impressed. Huh. I've never heard of this. I, it would be a great switch game to be quite honest. Um, but it's, it's on, it's on steam and honest play it $5. Let me know what you think, because I, I think it is awesome. Um, and you get powers like, you know, you end up getting, better and better powers for your pony as you go. And it, you'll, you'll just be like screaming like, yes, like suddenly you have like laser eyes and it's, but it's still like very basic at the same time. It never really, and you kind of have to solve puzzles as you go. There's a lot of little puzzle solving to sort of escape the file that he, you know, you know, you need to access a file, but you can't because he's laid all these little traps and then you have to sort of figure out the puzzle. Um, uh, I'm into this. Pony Island is yeah. what it's called. It's so cool. Uh, Daniel Mullins is, is, I guess, the single single designer. Uh, it's a Canadian a, guy or something. Yeah, he has a second game uh, called The Hex. Have you Ooh, checked no. out The Hex? I'm just clicking on it here. I don't know, but uh, yeah, The Hex came out in 2018 from the creator of Pony Island. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very. I love it when I find out about stuff. It's been around for four years and I talk about games for a living and I had no idea. That's, that's yeah, so rad. Same. I'd, I'd never heard of it, but I'd kind of come up with um, like a, a movie plot idea that my friend Jesse Cox and I are trying to figure out this new project. And I came to him with this idea and he's like, this reminds me so much of Pony Island. And I'd never heard of the game. So I immediately had to play it and it's I'm almost done with it. You kind of have three little areas that you have to do and I'm on the third one. and It's awesome. Very cool. Again, that's called Pony Island, and it'll run you five bucks on Steam. Yeah. Christian Spicer, what's on your playlist? Jeff, I went back to the high seas, my friend. The high seas? Uh-huh. I, I hoisted sails in a little game made by Rare called Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. It's coming out on Steam. It is it's coming out. It's been announced on, for Steam. It's been announced on Steam. Um, you may remember... Uh, Jeff, that you and I had a conversation after our first episode about Sea of Thieves. I was not very kind. No, you were not very kind. You did not like that game. I did not like that game. Why didn't you I, like it originally? Originally, there is no reason for me to play, I guess. <laughs> okay. it was kind, like, I felt like, and and they've, they've invested a lot. Rare has put a lot of work into the game, and I have not played it since that first week, but I felt initially the the loop wasn't one that spoke to me and I didn't find the combat enjoyable or, you know, any, yeah. And so I just felt like it was a, it was a beautiful empty world where everything felt sterile and you'd go to a place and there'd be really nothing there. Then you dig up a thing to get a thing, but it, it just felt empty. Like a beautiful, like screenshots look great, but time in the world was less than ideal. 
But I've been streaming this month to raise money for St. Jude. You can still donate. Saturday, uh, you and I are going to stream, Jeff. Uh, That's right. Uh, 8 p.m. Pacific with Tim. The 30th. Yeah. The, the 30th. And this past Saturday, I played with Anthony Carboni, and I let him play the not, game. I'm not familiar. You don't know him, but you have a few concerns about him. Um, and he picked the game, and it's a game that he recently got and is kind of wading into. And so we set sail together. Maybe it's just Anthony. But it was a lot of fun. No, oh. it's because you played it with another human. I mean, I, I, Anthony's great, but it could have been any other human. <laughs> you didn't play it solo. I, but I played with people, no offense, my little brother. I played with people launch week too. <laughs> uh, maybe it was the stream. Maybe uh, it was Anthony. Maybe it's the tweaks that they made to the game along the way. You know, we were st- basically still playing very early stuff though. Um, we did come across a Megalodon, which was pretty choice for us running away um dude it is it is that game is an excuse for social interaction and emergent gameplay that comes out of the social interaction so that's what everybody who's come on the show and talked positively about the game has said and now you just had a good social experience and you're like hey the game's good well i'm I'm, to be clear that's not what i said i said i had a lot of fun but i think Anthony put it really well on on stream where he was, or maybe it was right before we started streaming. He was saying he wanted to find a game that you could stream with friends or just like not stream necessarily, but get in and play with friends. And that didn't require uh, a whole lot of coordination or planning ahead of time where like people get behind like Destiny. Him and I used to play a decent amount of Destiny 2 together back when it kind of first came out. But that game, it's like, oh, if I wasn't available, but he went and did a thing, then when I was ready, he'd be ahead of me and he'd have to either carry me or, or come back to what I, you know, and it's like, it's, it's hard if you're not all on the same schedule, which mm-hmm. as an adult, I have a hard time finding that same schedule that works for me and all my friends. And so maybe it is part of the appeal of Sea of Thieves as we were finding it is that I still agree with my earlier criticisms of like that the progression, it's all cosmetic, right? Like you have all your items you're going to have, but you get to make them prettier and shinier and, and more personal to you. But the appeal of that, as we were playing it in these scary, scary times that we're living in right now, where all we need is a little bit of a reprieve, is that now I know he's been playing a good bit more this weekend, but when him and I go and play again, you know, next week or whenever it is, um, I won't be air quote behind. You know, we can still go on our same silly adventures. He'll just look cooler than me. And I, I, I am realizing the appeal of that maybe only because we're all trapped at home looking for honest connections but I, I i think i finally see the game loop versus you got to keep up you got to keep up you got to keep up so all that to be said i apologize to see of thieves and i really enjoyed my time with you. <laughs> well that was a long time in common and when did see thieves come out two years ago three years ago a long time ago yeah i mean i owe it all to mr carboni it was his pick and it, it, it still is beautiful too man i forgot like the sunsets and the water of that game Ooh, stunning I mean, so, Anthony is super fun. So that's definitely going to like, let's, let's all calm down. Anthony's yeah. fine. He's fine. <laughs> like that game is also, it is fun. It's, it's a cool game, but it's competitive in that nature. So I think competitive games kind of do bring out that sort of feeling in general. I think there's a lot of people who feel that way about Fortnite even, you know, yeah. like, why do I want to play this? Um, right. Yeah, You know, I'll feel so much more behind than everybody else. Like I hear that complaint a lot from people about certain games that are kind of considered like competitive 
Yeah, I think it's kind of, and I mentioned this for Rainbow Six Siege, which I should probably go back to as well because it's sitting on my hard drive. You know, that game came out at the wrong time for me. Um, I know Wombat from Cheap Best Gamer plays a lot of it and loves it, and he found it later, and it like really connected for him. It came out the week of a mass shooting, and I had a hard time playing it. Um, sea of Thieves, it was just the wrong time for me. Like I think the beauty of some of these, I don't know if it's a game of service game, but these ever-present living games is that you can find them when you're ready for them, and they make a lot more sense. And I think Sea of Thieves to me is is similar to an Animal Crossing, where if you 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 have it if you have Game Pass, and maybe if you didn't enjoy it before because you were looking for more something that was hyper competitive or aggro or something that made you feel bleak and scared because <laughs> everything <laughs> was too pretty before, maybe give it a shot now and it might be the right game for you today. Do you think that you will be going back to this game on your own? Do you think you will be thinking about Sea of Thieves when you're not playing it? Or is it the kind of thing where it's this fun thing that's on the shelf, you know, when everybody's sitting around the table and we're like, oh, let's all play Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little bit of that. Um, I, I know there is some single player content added to it. I know Anthony said he was going to explore some of it. I have not. I've been preoccupied with other things, but we do have plans to play it again. To the next, this is the problem. Next time I'm available again is early June, which isn't too far away, but it's a not tomorrow. You know, you're just too popular. Is the problem? You have right. a yeah, packed social calendar. Yeah. Oh, one of those things. I think it's announced on Tuesday, but it's not up to me. Um, but. I, I want to go back to it. I want to go back to it, but I want to go back to it in that social setting. I'm not looking to like, oh, DLC's over. I'm going to play it, you know? Right. But I am yeah. looking forward to playing with him and, and having fun, silly hijinks. And I would invite you on to our, uh, the, our ship's name is the Charitable Jude. It was uh, donated for like St. Jude when, when we were playing. And come nice. come aboard. I, I'm up for hijinks. I like, I like a good hijinks. Yeah, it's a good hijinks. Um, yeah, no, I'm down for that. I, I think the reason I phrase the question the way I did is that I find myself chasing the game that I am obsessed about. Like the, the experience that I most cherish is a game that gets its hooks into me to the point where I'm trying to find 15 minutes to turn it on. I'm that trying to find July for you or September, whenever it's either ghosts or assassins that I feel like I mean, that's going to be it for you. It might be both. Um, <laughs> that's a problem. But, Big. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's those are the kinds of games that I get really for for me recently. It's been Fort Triumph. I talked about Fort Triumph last week, and I still played a ton of it this week. And it's one of those games where I just want if I have a half an hour where the kids aren't awake or whatever, I can just <laughs> steal into my office and I can boot up Fort Triumph for half an hour and do like a mission or a one fight or something. That that to me is the most satisfying game experience where I'm like, Oh, I just, I can't wait to get back and play a little more of that. Can't wait to get back and play a little more of that. Um, but I, but I, but having said that, I recognize the appeal of something that just kind of waits for you and sits there and you go, Oh, you know what? We have a night where there's a few of us hanging out online and we can do this and it's really fun. And it doesn't, it isn't a compulsion or a, uh, you know, it, it isn't that thing that's drawing me back to it, but it's always there and it's fun and it's positive and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like if we talk, you know, tabletop, I can talk about some of the FaceTime and Google meet games that we've been playing, um, with friends. And it is, it's like that. Like, I'm not clamoring to be like, let's get on Google meet with, you know, and play this game. I need to play it. 
but it is very, we had a great time last night doing that with a few other couples and Sea of Thieves is the same way. I'm not going to be playing sing, the single player stuff, but I'm very much looking forward to getting some friends together and, and going and just, you know, shooting the breeze and looking at all of Ant- Anthony's beautiful, beautiful things that I'm sure he has by now. <laughs> and for me, you know, we talk about World of Warcraft and how excited I am for the next expansion. That game over the decade plus that I've been playing it has been both of those things, mm-hmm. right? It's, it is that thing where I'm like, Oh, I just want 15 more minutes. I can go and do my dailies. I can go and, you know, do a, a level up or whatever, do a few quests or get into a new zone or whatever it is. But also it's, Hey, we're going to do a raid or, Hey, we're going to get on and just, you know, do some questing together. And that is also the fun hanging out with friends you know, just shooting the breeze going through and really not even sometimes when a new expansion comes out, we'll, I'll play with my friends and we'll be on voice chat with each other, but we'll be in completely different areas doing completely different quests, yeah. <laughs> just hanging out. Like, like I would assume, you know, the more sea of thievesy kind of experience or even how people play destiny or whatever, what's it's mostly just an excuse for chatting than anything else. Yeah. Anyway, it's your so golf, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And that, and that, that's what's special to me about that particular game for me is that it gets to be both mm-hmm. in these, these hot periods. And then, you know, and then I wane and I go, Oh, I can't pay $15 a month anymore. I got to <laughs> go do other things anyway. All right. Well, uh, speaking of, um, the games that I've been playing, I have been playing a lot of stuff. I, I won't talk about all of them because, it's been a lot, but I mentioned last week how I am going to uh, make an effort to talk more about independent games and sort of deeper cuts from Steam. And boy, howdy, did I get some great recommendations this week? Got some awesome games. I got a few codes sent to me from folks uh, looking, f- and and boy, they were scratching some of my particularly. Uh, favorite itches uh, i mentioned fort triumph i do want to just keep reiterating i think that game is making a play for being on my top games of the year right now of course the year is going to get bonkers in <laughs> very soon but uh right now fort triumph is one of my favorite games of the year it is so fun it is so exactly what i love um a combination of role-playing game and tactical rpg tactical you know tactics type combat game like XCOM. I got to act two this week and it killed me because you build up your city, you build up your team, you level up your team, and then you get to act two and it goes, you're going to act two. You can select your four best heroes to bring with you. And I'm like, what? No. And it's like, and one upgrade from your city. No, no, I have to choose. I have all this. So it's a little, it, it kind of killed me a bit to uh, have to, you know, kill my darlings yeah but uh it's brutal brutal so you have to you know start sometimes yes oh i can't i can't handle it anyway um so let me tell you about a couple of other indie games that i've been playing that are kind of thematically linked both of them you are playing as the bad guy i'll start with a game called legend of keepers which is uh i've been playing on steam i think it's available on other platforms as well but Many people know that I am the dungeon master on a Dungeons and Dragons live play show called the Dungeon Run. So I'm used to playing the DM. The idea of Legend of Keepers is that you're the DM. You are the dungeon master. 
Uh, and there are computer controlled heroes that will come into your dungeon periodically and you have to defeat them before they defeat you. But you have to save your treasure from them coming in and taking it. So it's kind of fun, a, a little, uh, you know, flipping the script a bit where you play the bad guy. And what you do in that game is that you set up a series of rooms that the heroes are going to have to go into and through to get to the big bad. And you set up those rooms. Uh, the rooms can have, they'll be differently themed. So there'll be a trap room and then there'll be bad guys rooms. And then there'll be like a magic room or a magical effect will happen. And you can earn currency and buy better traps. You can build up your roster of little nasty monsters that have all kinds of different kinds of abilities. And then the, and then you place them in the rooms. You have this sort of setup phase where you place them in the rooms and then you play through those rooms. The heroes come in, the heroes have certain resistances and abilities, and you try to decide how you are going to take them down. They have two meters a health bar and a, um, a, um, oh, what is it? I had it in my head and it just left. Man, uh, they have what? No, it's, um, it's, it begins with an M. It is, um, not morality. It, it, basically, it's their courage level, but I can't remember the word that they use. Anyway, um, they, you can either kill them by depleting their health or you can attack their level of courage. And if you get that to zero, they turn and flee from the, the uh, dungeon. So you can defeat them either way. And it's fun because certain attacks and certain monsters will attack different meters and certain heroes that are you're facing will have strengths and weaknesses in certain ways. They'll be, you know, very courageous, but have low health or vice versa. And so, and there'll be three of them at once. So you sort of have to plan your strategy in, in ways that take all that into account. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's called again? legend of keepers. I'm writing that down. That sounds really cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And the, and the whole uh, structure is very tongue in cheek and fun. Uh, the idea is that you're part of this, like, corporate um dungeon master association that you know well here we are again we'll have to you know i have to the heroes will be coming to steal the treasure and you'll have these the the structure of the game is broken down into weeks and each week you'll have potentially some heroes coming but also you'll have like corporate retreat and you go on the corporate retreat and you'll get like a bonus or some cool thing or you can you can you know send some people out for um to raid the local town and they may come back with extra gold, but it means you, you, the ones you sent out will not be available for the next phase. Cause it takes two weeks to go and do the plundering. Uh, but it's all like, you know, that it's like desks and paperwork and stuff. The, the aesthetic is very fun. It's a, it's a clever idea. Um, so it's a very smart game, a very, uh, uh I think a, a very interesting twist on something that's pretty, you know, common. And the, I, I just wish there were a bit more layers of strategy because I find myself kind of falling back to the same tactics. Maybe I'm just not, I'm not playing as well as I could, but I find myself kind of using the same few things over and over. And, and maybe, maybe I'm not approaching the game in the way it, it intends me to, but I, I think it's very clever and very fun and, and a really, really cool game. It's called legend of keepers. Cool. The other game uh, is also on Steam. It's called Monster Train. 
And this is what if, uh, what if Hearthstone was a roguelite, basically? What if, uh, what if Hearthstone is a, it's a card based combat game where you're on this train and you are, you are the, the operatives of hell taking this train back to hell and uh the operatives of heaven the angels are attempting to stop you and destroy basically you have this um this pyre this this flame that is a hell flame and it's on the topmost level of your train and you're trying to preserve the flame and bring it back to hell to reignite the flames of hell and the the uh, angels the operatives of heaven are attempting to defeat you and put out the flame before you can get there. So you're stepping along this path of this train, uh, train tracks. Um, that's the progression. And there are different stops along the way uh, and there are different paths. It'll split and you can make decisions on which direction you want to go. Sometimes you can stop at a vendor and buy things. Sometimes you can have these interesting moments that'll give you bonuses or whatever. But mostly what's happening is you're being attacked by different forces of heaven different angels and it's very like steampunky they're all in armor and cool stuff and uh and you have a hand of cards and you so you're playing just like you would in hearthstone you'll play a monster out in front of you but in this case instead of just playing it on a table out in front of you like you would in hearthstone you play it on a level of your train and your train has three or four levels that end in the pyre at the top and the bad guys always come in on the bottom level but if you don't kill them the first your first turn they will keep moving up the le- levels of the train until they can finally attack your pyre so you can place enemies on any of the levels to try to anticipate where they'll be uh and just like hearthstone they all have different attacks and different keywords on their cards that lets them do different kinds of things it's really kind of a cool twist on hearthstone and it, I mean, if you like Hearthstone, I think you'll like this game. It's okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the fact of like giving Hearthstone a structure. I mean, Hearthstone has modes like the adventure yeah. mode and stuff that have a structure in it. But I like I like this sort of roguelike structure where you're basically doing these runs where you're seeing how far you can get along the railroad track until you get to hell. And invariably, you know, the first few times you won't get all the way there, but you're getting things that'll carry over into your next run. So it's got I a like cool the way how just you just said like how far can I build this road track till I get to hell like just like that's the you know <laughs> yeah like, you know <laughs> it's a metaphor for everything right now you know yeah so nonchalant yeah and the, the other cool thing about this game which you don't see enough these days in my opinion is that it has a free demo and so you can try it you know um so if on Steam I think this, there's a free demo you can still download. Uh, but I'm digging it, man. It's called Monster Train, and um, it's got a great aesthetic. It's got a fun. The cards seem to be really cleverly made. I and love card it, games, like any kind of TCG. So especially when they have a different kind of take on it, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, okay, it's like the same sort of thing over and over. And I think Hearthstone really has that, like, down. You know, if you if yeah, because as far as I know, Magic doesn't really have an app that is great, as far as I'm aware. Well, they've got the new one that's that's a much much improved. Um, I can't oh, remember what it's called. Yeah. yeah, and and I liked Magic, you know, um, but I you know as as like just the actual cards. But you know, I used to play the WoW TCG too, and 
I, I just thought Hearthstone really nailed the yes. genre. Um, I mean, I still play it. I love Hearthstone. I think the Demon Hunter, by the way, is amazing. The the it's such the a new great one. addition yeah. to to the game. Um, so I'd be really interested to check this out, especially it's got a a free trial on it. Um, how does how much does it cost if you don't like? I think it's twenty bucks. I mean, I can double check that, but I think it's I think it's a very inexpensive game. Um, indie title. Uh, it is. I'll tell you this also <laughs> one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for this kind of thing. Just the fact that when you play a, a, a monster down, it isn't just the card art. Like it manifests into a fully, you know, drawn out monster standing there cool. like that alone. I'm like, I kind of dig this because you place but- the monsters on the train, on the levels of the train. And so it's not the card. It's actually a monster standing there. Uh, and in, you know, in a tableau, uh, I don't know, just that alone. I'm like, that's kind of an improvement on Hearthstone right there. Like that's kind of rad. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's called monster train and it is the train that we are all on right now. It is the train. I'm trying to tell you the price, but I don't, I don't see it. All right. Um, let us move on and talk about some VR stuff. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, The Gaming Ride Home. The Gaming Ride Home is a podcast. It's the one podcast video game obsessives listen to every day. It is video game news, all the headlines, rumors, reviews, hardware leaks, release date confirmations, and more, all delivered to you every day at 5 p.m. The show is hosted by former Game Informer and IGN legend Kyle Hilliard, and it's only 15 to 20 minutes long. It's like the Too Long Didn't Read as a service. Kyle is online all day, reading all the tweets, checking all the rumor blogs, consolidating all the chatter around the entire world of gaming so that he can catch you up on everything that happened while you were busy living life. If you need a daily dose of video game news in your life every day, search your podcast app right now and subscribe to the Gaming Ride Home. Michelle Morrow, you mentioned that you are getting on the VR bandwagon this week. You're you're setting up a, an yeah. old Oculus. I was going to do it last time I was on, actually, but my um, we ended up needing to use the laptop for something else, so. Uh, I got a new computer, which is amazing. Um, and I'm going to use my old computer to run the Oculus. So I'm going to set that back up again. I have an Oculus, um, an old one, the Oculus Touch. And I have a master key to the library. Ooh. So I'm completely open to hearing um, what games I should play immediately. When Do you I get that up. after the Water Temple? Or like, I haven't found that yet. So I'm just wondering about <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I uh, I actually won a well. I came in fourth for an esports tournament um, at Oculus headquarters for the game The Unspoken. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Which is such a great game. Uh, and if you guys haven't, if the listeners haven't played it, you play. It's like a wizard battle. Which, yeah. You know, I'm I was just a big Lord of the Rings nerd, so for me that was just very very cool. Um, so you can just pick different kinds of 
of wizards to be, and then you can battle other players. Um, so I'm excited to get that fired back up again. But in in getting fourth place, they gave me an Oculus with the master key. So I have access to the whole library, and I would love to hear any kind of recommendations you guys have. Well, you've come to the right place, Michelle. I am uh, real I quick, am ready, real quick, real quick, because I know I heard the paper shuffle. Jeff has oh, a I'm list. The oh, unspoken yeah. that was Insomniac, right? That makes it me is wonder. Insomniac. If yeah. we're going to get some dope PS5 Insomniac VR games, that would be awesome. I mean, the their newest game, uh, the Stormland, is amazing. Yeah, totally flew under the radar. Didn't get any press because it's an Oculus exclusive, but it is amazing. And they have, I mean, uh, they and that brawler game was great too, wasn't that them also? Yes, a uh, feral right, feral rights. I think. And the um and um, edge of nowhere is yeah. was them incredible. I mean, they they did some really great VR stuff. Dear but again, James, all of it was tweet about baseball if Insomniac is making great VR games. For <laughs> I hope so, man. That'd be awesome. Um, okay, Michelle. So uh, this could be we could yeah, do two hours just on this. But I I what what kinds of games are you looking for in VR? Are you looking for like high action kind of shootery stuff or you're looking for more adventures type stuff or um, well for me um nothing that's going to be too chaotic i guess like in a way um there was a um, a robot game i played a while ago where you kind of play as this as a robot and you can or you rip robots arms off i remember doing robo that. recall yeah robo robo recall, recall. that's what it was yeah. Yeah. Um, it was cool, but that was a, it's a little that's a little fast paced for me right now. I think because the world is so insane, and I deal with um, anxiety daily. Um, just something Moss. that's less anxiety yeah. would be great. I did like the unspoken because it is kind of fun and it's cute to be able to sort of like look down. Well, cute. It's kind of cool to look down and see that you're making a fireball in your hands. Like there's some that's that's cool to me. Yeah. Um, it's not anxiety inducing. So stuff that is not anxiety inducing. <laughs> okay. So Christian mentioned Moss, which is absolutely should be at the top of your list. Moss is wonderful. You play as a little mouse. It's like looking into a diorama world. You play it with it, it's it's fantastic. Um mouse I would recommend M O S S Moss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh I would recommend uh, a game called A Fisherman's Tale. If you like a little puzzle, like a little oh, yeah. almost like an escape room. It's delightful. It has this wonderful French narration where he's like, and, and then I went to the place. You know, it's, <laughs> it's very soothing and wonderful. Um and, and the the puzzles are super clever and really uh really great. Um the the overall I think best experience, although it will create some intensity, uh, but the overall best experience that you can get on Oculus, in my opinion, is Lone Echo, which is a story-based game about being in space. You play as a robot in space, but it is, I think, that and Half-Life, Alex, are the two best VR games ever made, in in my opinion. Oh, wow. I'd say Beat Saber, too. Like, totally different. Sure, sure. I've played Beat that. Saber. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's there, are two, there are two episodes uh, of a series called The Gallery. Uh, which is fantastic. Uh, they episodes one and two of the gallery. They're both very short, but they're basically like um, like playing through with Goonies or something like an '80s adventure tale where you have like cassette tapes and oh, you're yeah. listening to That's it's so also good. Vader Immortal. Yeah, 
Like the last chapter is the best. They're, in my opinion, they're all like ninety minutes long. It's not super intense, and if you like Star Wars, it's really it's like a it's like a Disney ride, you know, style for thing for Star Wars. Really, really fun, well told, very cool to have Darth Vader walk up to you, you know, and. <laughs> in person and see like the scale of of Darth is really cool. I would also be remiss if I didn't recommend vacation simulator because uh, (laughs) I did a voice in it. And uh, it also is, it's really fun. It has a great sense of humor, totally no stress. It's really, it's just a delight. There's job simulator was the prequel, but play vacation simulator because I'm a voice in vacation simulator and I'm proud of it. Well, I know. Is it, is it clearly you? Are you, I mean, I I think it sounds like me. Yeah. It's me. It's me. Have, did you play <laughs> The Room VR, Jeff? Uh, yes. I hear I did. it's great. I love the iOS games, and it's one of those things that came out while I was moving, but that could maybe fit that spot too, oh my where gosh, it's like. The Room. That was, that was one of the very first reviews I ever did. Was the oh, room. yeah? Yeah. I used to have a show called App Attack, and I used to review apps. And um, man, that was a great little series. Um, they were selling it on switch for a while but i guess it's gone um because i tried to get it recently um i didn't know they did a vr version that would be yeah, very cool. i think it's new same? this year it's it's new it's new puzzles but it's a similar yeah. style game i think i talked about it on the episode you weren't on christian because yeah it's uh it's, it's it's good yeah it's basically like little escape rooms um in vr but yeah also creepy i mean it's not not it's, it's not like scary. It's just kind of like a, yeah. you know, as, it's like a cult. It still follows the same sort of thing. Then it's not yeah. like terrifying. You're just kind of like figuring out little puzzles along the way. Right. Um, uh, I mean, those are all, those are all a good start. There's so many, there's so many more that I could help you out with, but uh, those, those will get you. Keep me going for about six months. So <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. You're jumping in. I will have to have you back and hear how you feel about them. Uh, yeah. I have a couple have a couple of games that i uh, haven't talked about yet that i have been playing um one is called wolf and pigs which is a uh, a really kind of fun first person uh, i guess it's kind of a shooter but it's more uh, more like a traversal puzzle game uh where you play as the big bad wolf uh in this universe the pigs are terrible and also i guess kind of mad maxi post-apocalyptic pigs um but they are, you know, the, the pigs, the three little pigs are awful. And there's actually a whole bunch of a gang of pigs and they've been just mistreating the big bad wolves for generations. And you are now the big bad wolf who uh, gets a, a cybernetic arm attached to you so you can finally go and get your revenge. Anyway, the, the structure of the game, it's very cute, but the, the structure of the game is this like point to point movement thing where you can only you never you never have free movement you only ever get to go uh to various nodes in in the levels but the way you get there is your little arm has like a grappling hook and you move from spot to spot and there are only certain places that your grappling hook can attach to and sometimes those spots are hidden around the geometry of the level so you're trying to sort of find that meanwhile there are pigs that are attacking you, throwing things at you, throwing, you know, hand axes and, and arrows and bombs and all kinds of stuff at you. And you can grab those things with your, um, with your grappling hook hand, or you get these upgrades that turns your hand into a weapon. So you can, you know, just shoot them outright, but you're sort of moving through the levels. Uh, the levels themselves have secret areas that you can find and you're, you're, 
kind of stealthily moving past sections of pigs or getting the drop on them and attacking them or just avoiding them entirely. Uh, it's pretty clever and pretty fun. And I like that point to point movement stuff. It, it's much more strategic than it would be if it was just a free open first person thing where you could go wherever you wanted. Uh, if anybody's played blood and truth, it kind of feels like that where you can like be in these, you know, these, these points where you land and then you stay there, but you can move to another, uh, node really, uh, within the geometry of a level. Uh, I'm, I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's a, it's a pretty clever game and, uh, I was having a, a lot of fun with it. I also want to talk about a game called Spectro, which is basically Luigi's Mansion in VR. Oh. Uh, or or Ghostbusters, I guess you could say. But it's much more Luigi's Mansion. It's cartoony. It's fun. It has a fun sense of humor, and it doesn't take itself seriously. So it's not real. I mean, I guess you could describe Ghostbusters that way, too. But even more Luigi's, Luigi's Mansion. Um, I, I really, really was charmed by this game, Spectro. Uh, you, uh, you move, it's, it's a, it's a roguelike. It is a, how far can you get up the mansion? How many levels of the mansion can you get up to trying to get to the top of the mansion where there's some MacGuffin that you're trying to achieve? I can't remember what it's called. The the mask of Octum or something weird (laughs) anyway. Um, but the way you move through is you're inside these little uh, rooms and you've got a, you know, a Luigi style little vacuum cleaner slash proton pack uh, in your hand and a flashlight in the other hand. And you are exploring. You're trying to find the key the to uh, you're trying to find the secret entrance to the next floor of this haunted mansion. And the only way to do that is you find this little cube, this little box, this mysterious kind of uh, strange looking magical box, which is hidden somewhere on each floor. And once you find it, you touch it and it shows you a picture of the room where the secret door is to the next floor. Then you take the box to that place and then it will reveal the the stairs to the next level uh, when you activate the box. So you're meanwhile, you're finding coins to upgrade your stuff you can get new better proton packs new better uh um ways to deal with the ghosts and there are ghosts throughout each of the floors that will pop out of closets or uh, inside new rooms or you you know you shake something looking for coins in it and a ghost will pop out and then you shoot it like you would with a proton pack as a ghostbuster and it shoots out in that kind of wavy fun beam and you're attacking them they're shooting projectiles at you and you're dodging them and then once you get them down to zero hit points they kind of sit there all vulnerable and you squeeze your hand and suck them into your vacuum cleaner and then you go back to your home base after each level and empty that into the echo ecto chamber i guess is what it was uh, and you, you know, you level up by doing more and more ghosts. I, I really like this game. The the exploration stuff is really kind of handled well. Like you're walking around with this flashlight, looking around for stuff. It's not creepy. It's not trying to scare you. The ghosts jump out, yes, but not in a scary way. It's all cartoonish. It's very Luigi's Mansion. It's more like what's behind this corner? Oh, a challenge. Not like oh, a jump scare. Um, hmm. It's called Spectro. And I really dig it. I really dig it. Um, playing it on Steam. Being a Ghostbuster, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, in VR. I mean, there's nothing better. It's pretty great. 
All right. We have a huge list, guys. You You have a huge list. And believe me, that's just the... People say, oh, there's no great games for VR. There are so many great games for VR. So um, if you ever need more suggestions, just let me know. I will. Yeah, I will for sure. All right. Uh, Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for that. Oh, do you guys want to do tabletop time? Should we talk about tabletop time? Let's do it. We got extra time. Let's do it. Right now, right now. I love it. Uh, Michelle, you are you have been playing uh, one of the games that I really enjoy myself. It's called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Yes, it's so fun. And um, if you have friends who have it, um, you can play it at the same time during quarantine because <sighs> they can just read it too. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's. I totally suggest it. It's it's been a lot of fun for us. So um, you get the game, and it has um, you know a crime that you have to solve as Sherlock Holmes, and you have to decide uh, where you want to go first to solve the crime. So if the crime happened at a house, do you want to go to the scene of the crime, or do you want to go somewhere else in the description? And um, each person kind of takes turn on where they want to go, um, and you kind of follow the lead, and you go there, and then. You can read off, um, you know, has a little booklet that it comes with and you end up reading um, what happens inside of that, you know, at that location, um, like what you might discover or what you might not discover. Um, And the goal of the game is to sort of solve the case in as many, in as few steps as possible, Um, like how fast Sherlock would have would have solved it. Um, we have not been that great at it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we've had a lot of fun um, reading it back and forth and, uh, you know, people doing voices and just having a great time. That is such a clever idea because it, it really is a game where most of the time is just sort of sitting there thinking. Yeah. So there's really no reason why you can't be in your own individual homes playing homes. Well, if people <laughs> have it, then, you know, there's nothing precious about the game pieces necessarily you know you, yeah. you just kind of have to have the booklet to read it off and the map to sort of look at so um, yeah. easily playable um over zoom or facetime what a great idea that's really cool um yeah i i enjoy this one too i've only i played it with my wife a few times and uh we, we really like it What's that? Good two-player game. That's why Good we got it game. in the beginning is because, you know, it's just my husband and I, we don't have kids. So we were trying to look for games that we could just play the two of us. Um, so we like it for that. But because our friends have it, we can sort of expand upon that and, and play it together. So cool. Uh, very, very cool. Um, again, that's called Sherlock Holmes Consult consulting detective um christian you've also been playing some tabletop stuff uh in the new paradigm you've been playing it with uh, google meet yeah we've used google meet we've had success with it i think i talked about playing um drawful before which is still drawful 2 specifically and a lot of those jacks jack box games are great you know online games and they actually have a blog post up on how to do it um, recently though, we played just one, which I talked about before on this show, which is a fantastic little party game where you're trying to get a group of people. It's all collaborative. You're all, you're playing together, which is nice. I think, especially <laughs> in these, uh, very scary times, it's nice to kind of be working together and you're trying to have one person guess a word and you're only allowed to give them each person's allowed to give them one word hint. Um, and of course, if any words match, you 
emptying them out. But it's super fun, and it's one of those games where you're sitting there thinking like, well, the word is uh, police, but I'm not going to write cop because everyone's going to write cop, so it cancels out. So then you get things that are like crown. For Crown Vic, clearly, I was thinking Crown Vic. Like people outsmart <laughs> themselves, and no one does the the obvious one. Um, but it works really, really well via Google Meet or whatever. Also, because only one person needs the game, and you can just hold it up to your webcam, and other people can see the card and see what you're playing. And then the real game itself has little whiteboards, which you know, Chef's Kiss. I love a good whiteboard, uh, dry erase markers, tons of fun. But you can just write on script strap. Ugh, scraps of paper and hold them up to the webcam and it was flawless flawless execution over google meet lots of fun and actually maybe we weren't reading body language as much so we didn't psych each other out it was the best game my wife and i had ever played i think we got 12 out of the 13 correct on our first go through um which we had never <laughs> never done i think our first time we got two and like it gives you scores and it's like you, you need to try again <laughs> but we did great over google Meet. it worked out really well it's called just one still really enjoy that game and then the other game that we've played uh, a lot recently in this new paradigm is code names which is a game we've talked about a lot on this show it's uh you know many people have probably played it and own it and enjoyed it. And it's a game that works really well remotely. Also one, there's a good chance that the other people you're playing with have their own copy. So you can just lay out the same board, you know, at your house, at your place that they have on theirs. But if you don't, it's super easy to either in, um, Jamboard, like a, you know, like a, it's like a Jamboard is a Google whiteboard. Oh, there I am with whiteboards again, <laughs> app where you can draw it out on there if you want, or you can take a picture and send a picture and mark it up. But again, a game that has a low barrier of entry, all things considered for playing it via, you know, webcam meetings. And it's still just as fun as it is in person, as it is, you know, played remotely. It's code names. I never mean, thought about my code name remotely. Actually, that's a good idea. Hmm. Was I reading in our our discord somebody's saying that the actual uh the uh the publisher set up a way to play it online because a lot of people were doing it in a way that didn't support the creators i'm not sure uh, i seem to remember reading like code that names, but i don't have like that. an official code names online i haven't even looked because when yeah. we played literally we played with i think it was two or three other couples we all had it <laughs> so, we so just great all set yeah. out our board on our own tables yeah, you, you know we set it out the same way but it works really well um i played that game on tabletop the show is will wheaton I yeah. Oh, right on yeah I, and i won so you guys should totally all go watch it <laughs> <laughs> nice it was, it was actually pretty good um there was the word was check and um travis willingham was on my team and he oh, nice he said coat but it was cz you know like czechoslovakia mm. so the or the czech republic so the way he said it it, it took us a second to get it, but it, it was brilliant. He was a brilliant play. That's awesome. Definitely check it out. Very cool. Very cool. That's uh, code names and just one. Uh, all right. Now we can uh, wrap the show up. But we do have parting gifts still coming, so stick around for those. But Michelle Morrow, thank you so much for being here, man. Ugh, so so me. great to talk to you. Yeah. Anytime. You guys are such a fun podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Where can people keep up with you and all the things that you do online? 
Social media, just uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's my name, Michelle's with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-M-O-R-R-O-W. And you can check it out. I've got um, a new podcast starting and a new show to announce soon. So um, definitely, definitely come by and say hi. Exciting, exciting. Have you, feel free not to answer this if you're not able to, but have you heard anything about BlizzCon? Is it, is it likely not happening? <laughs> you know, that is such a great question. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. I, sorry, I, I didn't want to put you on the spot. But I figured, yeah, I mean, we probably don't know anything. I, yeah. I honestly, I in all candid, I, I really don't know. I have no idea. I, I would assume it's going to be canceled. That's just my assumption. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine that has to do with fees on a lot of these places are canceling based on how far out they can cancel if it's an act of God or whatever in contracts. Right. Comic-Con. So I have a feeling that might be happening, but they're so set up to do it in a virtual way anyway, because we've been doing the virtual ticket for so long. Right. Uh, but there is, you know, I have a feeling even if the actual convention does get canceled, there will be a way for them to still celebrate and do it in such a big year. Um, but honestly, I have not heard anything. So I have no idea. Well, here's hoping. I would love to have some sort of virtual version where we can still get all excited yeah. about Blizzard stuff. Yeah. Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? Well, I will be playing more Monster Hunter World, which I did play more of this week also, but didn't talk about because I'm, you know, I'm still just playing through. Um, but I'm playing more Monster Hunter World on my Friday stream, Friday at 9 p.m., raising money for St. Jude. You can find it at twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. Then Saturday, 8 p.m. Pacific, you, Tim, and I, um, I we're just going to be chatting, but I'll have Streets of Rage 4 going in the background because I feel like that seems like the right music. I want to talk to Tim about the Midnight's new album. Oh man! And I'll mention. I guess I'll pull apart and get forward the new the their lyric video for Deep Blue. It's so, so good. good. Yeah, it's so That'll, good. It's so well done. I mean, can we say that we both heard their whole new album and it's mind blowing? I mean, I haven't been saying that directly on Twitter, but anytime I see someone talk about the album, I'm like, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's. If it's, we're not allowed to say it, I didn't say it. Jeff did, but it's so good. No, I didn't say it. I was asking if we were allowed to say it because oh, right. yeah, that, I don't if, know. who knows if it's true, but I don't know if I've I heard just, it, but if I had, I loved it. The midnight good. at 8 yeah. p.m. Pacific. We'll be uh, streaming with Tim and, and hanging out chatting again, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And then I think this is out of my control, but I, I think. That one of the fun things that I've been doing uh, gets announced on Tuesday. And if it does, you will certainly see me tweet about it at Spicer. And uh, I hope, you know, whenever it comes out, I'm very proud of it. And I think people will dig it. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I have a Twitter handle as well. You can follow me at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, you also have several other shows you can check out if you're so inclined. If you want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows, you can check out the slash filmcast at slash filmcast.com. Uh, actually, we took this week off for Memorial Day because when else would a film podcast be able to take Memorial Day off than this year? Because uh, <laughs> there's actually no big new movies. But, um, We'll be back uh, next week, and uh, there's lots of fun stuff to, to hear in our back catalog if you haven't heard it, slash filmcast.com. Also, uh, the aforementioned Anthony Carboni and I do a show about science and comedy. The award-winning We Have Concerns podcast is back. Uh, we had a two-year hiatus, but we brought it back, and uh, you can check that out at wehaveconcerns.com. I highly 
highly recommend it. It's a, it's a good time, good fun time. Uh, and then there's my Dungeons and Dragons show called The Dungeon Run. We are continuing to make that show from home. And in fact, the production team has created a custom virtual set with custom virtual minis and animated bad guys and cool uh, maps and stuff. You have to see it. It's so wild. The thing that they've managed to do to make our from home version almost as good as our in-studio version. You can find that on YouTube by searching for The Dungeon Run, or you can listen to it as an audio podcast. It works well that way too, by searching for The Dungeon Run, anywhere you get audio podcasts. Or by watching us live as we record Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. All right, everybody, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Michelle, do you have a recommendation to help people get through their week? Um, you know what? There's an app that I've been doing every day um, called 10% Happier. It's a, mm. it's a meditation app. And um, I know a lot of people like Calm. Um, I'm not a big fan of the, the lady's voice. Um, so I, I didn't really like meditating because of it. Um, but I found this other app that I really like. They break down the science of whatever the meditation is beforehand. So they'll do like a three-minute video. Um, and I it's awesome. They talk to different um, specialists and experts um, depending on what subject it is, whether it's stress or focus. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed the way that they put it together. That's great. Yeah. I've been meaning to download that. I've heard good things about it before and I just haven't pulled the trigger yet, but that yeah, sounds awesome. great. 10%. And I believe 10... too, if you're a healthcare worker, they are giving that app for free for at least three months. So wow. check it out if, um, if you guys are amazing individuals that are um, working right now during this coronavirus in the healthcare field. Yeah. Very cool. It's 10% happier. Yeah. Uh, the app Christian Spicer, do you have a parting gift? Well, I'll restate the deep blue lyric video is perfect. Um, it's so well done, especially for the vibes that song puts out to so check that out. The midnight's deep blue lyric video. This is also the first episode of this show. I've done entirely uh, standing at my standing desk, which I'm a big fan Whoa. of. I've used it for work, but I hadn't stood and, and done a full episode. So um, I think as more of us are working from home and I found that I, I'm sitting a lot and I, I wanted to invest in a um, a better workspace for myself. So I took the plunge on a standing desk um, and I, I really like it. I, I, I love it. And so I have my little wobble board that's been keeping me busy on my feet. And um, I, think, I think it's been an okay show. I haven't banged my knee or fallen or anything. <laughs> Uh, so maybe check that out if you're looking to find a way to stay a little more active or, you know, not sitting all day at home. And then the thing I, I've been failing to mention for too long, and comics are at a weird spot right now because of COVID and, and everything, um, but Batman, the, the adventure continues. It started out digitally. I believe it still is going digitally as well, but they're doing um, issues too. And a lot of comic book shops are reopening now for curbside pickup um you know go by and they'll come out to you and put the books in your in the back of your car so support local businesses and support those comic book shops because they have been hit hard by this if you can do it safely and i highly recommend batman the adventure continues it is a continuation of batman the animated series it is that universe it is that creative team 
and it's new villains, Deathstroke, it's like stuff you didn't see from those uh, cartoons. And it's incredible. Batman, the adventure continues comic book, picking up uh, Batman the animated series. Well worth the read. Very cool. Very cool indeed. We got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent in from Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska uh, by Scott Handelman. Scott writes, I know people are looking for things that can keep them busy during this time of self-isolation. So I thought I would share something that has brought me a lot of joy for the past decade. P&A Magazine, short for Puzzles and Answers, is a bi-monthly online magazine that contains puzzles, but with a twist. Each issue has a set of 12 or so puzzles, crosswords, logic puzzles, cryptograms, etc., all connected by a certain theme. In addition, each puzzle has a secret final answer to uncover, and when all puzzles are solved, their answers join together to form a final meta-puzzle. The puzzles in each issue are creative, devious, but ultimately fair and a great introduction to a type of puzzle much more impressive than what you'd find in your local newspaper. And if these issues tickle your fancy, the same creator puts on a yearly competition called Puzzle Boat, which ups the size from 12 puzzles to over 100. All past competitions are available online and would take the average solver months to complete magazine can be found at pandamagazine.com spelled like the animal panda i am in no way connected to the creator just a loyal solver wanting to spread the love and to be Thank clear you, scott that's pna magazine not tna magazine that's a very, very different, different very different yeah yeah <laughs> one's just about baywatch that and the other for, one is puzzles. stands for tests and answers not puzzles and answers <laughs> right christian exactly now the sat is no longer exists in California. We have the DNAs. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is awesome. I want to check this out. Thank you, Scott. What a cool thing. It actually makes me, you know, this isn't my official uh, parting gift, but oh my goodness, I tweeted this out this week. I hope both of you have seen this thing. It was going around uh, for a while, but um, the folks over at Crypto something or other, I don't know, the, these guys who solve Sudokus, this video of the miracle sudoku was going around mm-hmm. ah, I, I, I put a what it, oh you have to search search for the miracle sudoku there's there's one that may pop up it's like another miracle sudoku don't watch it watch the first one first but these dudes that do they have like a very popular <laughs> youtube they have like you know a quarter of a million subscribers uh, to watch them solve sudoku puzzles and the last thing I thought I would ever enjoy is a 25 minute video of a dude solving a Sudoku, but it's one of the best videos I've ever seen in my life. It's one oh, of the wow. best, most dramatic. Honestly, it's like my favorite YouTube thing I've seen in years. <laughs> it is one of the most dramatic, inspiring, incredible progressions of just watching this person. He starts off and he goes, well, this is impossible. There's no way to solve this. It's absolutely impossible. And wait, wait a second. What if I do, do this? No, no, of course not. Well, now that's a bit more information. It, and you just watch him like work the problem. And it, it is, especially in this time where it seems that intelligence and problem solving and logical thinking are being devalued in certain quarters to watch a human being just use those things and come out triumphant at the end he's like the universe is singing the universe is singing right now (laughs) and i i swear to you tears were streaming down my face watching this video watching a man 
solve a Sudoku puzzle. Uh, anyway, h- highly recommend like that. Like laughing or in moved with emotion? Moved with emotion. I mean, yeah. I am a, I'm a, I'm a romantic capital R, but, uh, so I'm, I'm given maybe more than most to that, but I, I would defy anybody to watch these 25 minutes and not be blown away and not just feel completely inspired by the, the progression of him. Like, it, it, like it's just, it's just watch. I don't want to build it up too much. It. I'm going to send it to my husband right now. It, you are going to love it. It, it, it is it's extraordinary. Um, so anyway, that's one parting gift, but another one is uh, a show on Hulu called the great which is about catherine the great kind of uh the the subtitle is an occasionally true story and uh this show is my new love i think it's so smart and so great and so funny and so fun uh it's basically like uh you know this period piece very very period piece with incredible costumes and locations i mean clearly a ton of money was spent on the show but done through the lens of a very modern sensibility. So it, it is, it is anachronistic in all sorts of ways, most notably it's opinions about the world. And it's basically Catherine, the great going to Russia, being, you know, um, married off as the empress of Russia and getting there and wanting to make pr- a, a more progressive world. And the person that she was married off to is the worst human is just the worst guy. But basically the whole thing is like a metaphor for what, for what every woman goes through, which is like dealing with just this blockhead dummy man. Uh, and it is so clever and so smart and so funny. And uh, the characters are so well portrayed. I, I love it. It's called the great and it's on Hulu. Awesome. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Michelle Morrow and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us, making the show better in real time. You guys really came through this week with some great uh, insights about things we missed. Appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those great bumpers that you hear. And thank you to each and every one of you who downloads the show and listens. We appreciate you, and we will be back next week. Until then... Think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.